Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me on this rip is Brandon Gentilet. He is an ex-pro hockey player. Very interesting story as to why he gave that up. And a very much underappreciated, underfollowed pleb. I love finding these guys that are coming out of nowhere, especially in a bear market, because most people are getting scared away. For point of reference, listeners to the pod has almost halved, and I know other podcasters are seeing the same thing. It looks as though people are being shaken out. Those that are listening are the ride or dies, the diamond hands. Thank you so much for sticking by this, and you will be rewarded when we come out the other side. Keep learning, keep your head down, keep those laser eyes on. Brandon is doing some writing. This is how he wants to uh, contribute to the space. Uh, so give him a give him a follow. He's very underfollowed. Less than eight hundred people. Uh, before we get into the show, please make sure your uh, the show sponsors are getting some of your love. Make sure you follow them, DM them, reach out to them if you have any questions, or send people their way if they are looking to stack some sats in the U.S. You can use SwanBitcoin.com. Use forward slash Bitten. And you will get, or your friends will get, a free 10 bucks. Start them off on the right foot. Swan are a great team. We have the equivalent company over here. Relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash Bitten is going to help you and your friends start stacking. Download the app and be stacking in under a few minutes. Get rid of your euros. They are being inflated to nothing and your pounds for that matter. You can also stack with the team over at Coin Corner, who are based out of the Isle of Man. They can accept euros and pounds as well. You can smash buy with them or set up your auto buys and order your bolt cards. So much more is coming from that team. Keep a very close eye on those guys over at Coin Corner. Shift Crypto have you covered. Bitbox 02, Bitcoin only edition hardware wallet for your signing device. Yes. We are calling them signing devices. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, not your keys, not your coins. Get control. Take control of these sats off the exchanges and off the apps. Use shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bits and gets you 5% discount. Do you want to come to a conference? We have Liberty in our lifetime coming up 21st, 23rd of October. We also have Amsterdam Bitcoin conference coming up 12th to the 14th of October. And in November, if you want some nice weather, We've got the Pacific Bitcoin conference coming up, hosted by Swan. The whole team are going to be there and loads of speakers. These are all going to be awesome events. You can find each one of these events in the show notes. Hit the link or use the code that's referenced in the show notes to get yourself a 10% discount on any of those tickets. Are you orange pilling? You should be, because the more people we orange pill, the quicker we can move to a Bitcoin standard. You can uh, find books about Bitcoin and Bitcoin-related topics in as many different languages as you like at Consensus Network. They have got you. Nico and the team have done brilliant work there. Use the code BITTEN for 10% off and pay by the Lightning Network for another 10% off to help a pleb initiative. And then get your merch, your streetwear, from Max at Bit by Bit Pod and Mr. Crown 
via Ungovernable Misfits. Enjoy this rip with Brandon. All right, Brandon, we're recording. Good to meet you, man. Yeah, it's really good to see you, Daniel. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Always nice to uh, to meet new plebs who uh, come out of nowhere and start, you know, writing content and um, and stepping up to the plate and with your background as well. Like it's a pro hockey player, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Former. Former. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my back wasn't uh, broken in half, and my head was on right. Yes. Yes. So. Um, yeah, I mean, my journey. I for, first off, I uh, you know I, I've seen you know a number of your videos and stuff like that, and I was watching Max and Stacey. I think I tweeted about it the other day, Max <laughs> and Stacey. So that's that's a hard act to follow. Some of the people you've had. So that's uh, that, but by the way, Max and Stacey's that was that was some of the most uh, information I'd ever seen them really talk about. So you got a lot out of them. I've I'd never I've heard their you know everyone kind of knows their backstory over the years and things like that, but. You had they had some dynamite stories. Holy cow! That was uh, just some of the things and they went way back in the time machine too. So that was that was really cool. I watched a lot of their content over the years. And I've never heard half of what you uh, what you got out of them. So that was very cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was great. They were they were so. Uh, th- th- this was going back two years almost. Just yeah, it was just it was December twenty twenty. Everybody had a bit of time, I suppose, because we were all <laughs> locked down like animals. Yes. Uh, so yeah, they were um they were more than happy just to hang out and shoot the shit and uh, answer yep. some dumb questions and they were yeah very um very very entertaining. So if anyone hasn't listened to that one, I saw Co- oh. Corey from Swan. He retweeted it the other day randomly, and then Greg Foss picked up on it and he retweeted it randomly. I'm like, wow, like, this is the yes. thing. The internet's yes. forever, I suppose. There you go. It truly is. It's it's so funny. And your your was one of your little ones. I don't know which one, but they, you guys, they, the girls had some great questions for them right in the beginning. So that was that was really cool. Yeah. And it's just, a, I have uh, I have uh, three kids and one on the way. So I have two girls and one boy, and uh, they're all six, four, and two years old. And then we had another one coming in January. And uh, so I've got two little girls, and it's, you know, had great questions about you know why aren't there more women in this space? And um, you know, there's it's just kind of the way of the world and the way it is a lot of times women getting into investing, things like that. Fortunately more nowadays and, uh, and just not so much investing, I guess, but uh, just freedom, you know, I guess quite honestly, which is why I think the the Bitcoin movement right now, the way it stands is, is super interesting because especially in bear markets, obviously the, the people that are real are here. We, we understand why we're here and uh, a lot of people go away, but you know, 10 years when I was telling my wife, Jessica in 10 years, you know, you're going to look back, it's going to be, you know, everyone dang near the entire world's going to be in this. So it's going to be just like normal society in a way. Well, I, we believe that the society will look a lot different. It'll look a lot more abundant, a lot better uh, because of Bitcoin, but uh, you'll, it'll just be kind of like your everyday person, which hopefully it will raise a level of discourse of society because of Bitcoin fixing all this. Right. So hopefully things will be better. But right now I really love the Bitcoin community because it is such a you know, very freedom-based community. Um, you know, in, in America, yeah, there's a, the the Libertarian Party here is a lot, a lot of people will call it that. Um, it's just liberty, or it used to be a classical liberal. Now the liberal or Democrats here in America, that used to be classical liberal was you know Thomas Jefferson. That was you know the, those guys 200 years ago, and that the term got co-opted over the years. So it was just very cool to see. I, I don't like putting the political labels on things. I I kind of come from that world, and in literally in middle school, high school in college university uh very political that battle for 10 plus years 10 12 14 years and then um so you know my story is just doing that playing hockey growing up 
and just fighting those battles. So the 2000 election, you know, the, the, the hanging chads in Florida and, and all kinds of fiascos there. And, uh, and then the 08 election, which was another, the big one when Obama won and, and then passing socialized medicine, which was, I, I'm just writing an article actually about the tea party and the occupy wall street, which are huge things you know, around 2009, 2010, which were kind of two sides of the coin again, red, red versus blue, left versus right, um, conservative liberal here in America. And the, t- the two factions were really the same thing, quite honestly. It's just, as Robert Kiyosaki says, there's three sides to a coin. There's both sides and the edge. And you want to be on the edge, obviously, to see both sides. And um, they were basically arguing at the same thing. Stop taxing us. Why are we bailing out? You know, one side, the Occupy Wall Street was saying, why are we bailing out bankers? And the other side was saying, why are you taxing us and ramming socialized medicine down our throats? And we didn't ask for this. You know, so it's both sides are saying very similar things. It's just we've been told for decades that we're against each other, right? We're in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. You you guys go fight it out. And then, you know, the you know Diocletian, Emperor Diocletian, you know, we're going to go over here and clip the coins and we're going to go melt everything down and screw with your money. And then, and it's, you know, and then you guys keep fighting though. So make sure we keep fighting. We'll throw some more red meat in there and we'll throw another, you know, whether it's, you know, abortion or it's uh women's rights or, you know, you name it, we're going to throw, Oh, they're, 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 the people are coming after us. And now we're gonna throw one more, one more topic into there, into the news media or into the political rings. And now, okay. Now they're fighting again. Now they're uh, back at each other's throats. Cool. Awesome. They're off our back. They're off the, as Marty Bent says, the unproductive class, which I love. I, for a long time, been calling them the elites, but I just yeah. think that's such a terrible, terrible term for them. So, so anyway, you know, back on track here, but so I was just fighting that fight and seeing that play out. And I was a senior at Michigan State University here in Michigan and seeing that happen and just bailouts happening and all kinds of craziness happening. And I remember thinking, man, there's a game being played in politics. It just, you just beat your head against the wall. So mm-hmm. um, it was just, it became very evident, man, there's something going on. There's a game being played. I need to figure this out. And then it just became a study of right as I was leaving school, entering professional hockey. So I, you know, just quick, uh, you know, I played triple A hockey um, here growing up in Michigan, which is obviously a huge hockey uh, hotbed in, in Canada. And then that's where uh, Foster and I have talked a few times. His son plays yeah. in, the, in the OHL. Um, in the Ontario Hockey League, and uh, so he's he, got he one son that. in France as well, I think. Uh, yeah, I believe he does. Professionally over here, he does. Yes, there's a bunch of leagues over there. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends over the years have played over by you and all kinds of Swiss league and the Swedish league and mm-hmm. the Italian leagues. So there's all kinds of great leagues over there. So yeah, I talked to him about that a little bit, which is it's <laughs> cool. I almost played in the OHL, and I ended up playing for the U.S. national team. So I played youth hockey here in Michigan, and then I played for the U.S. national team, under 17 team and under 18 team when I was a junior and senior of high school. And that was right down the road for me, fortunately. And that was only an hour away from me in Ann Arbor, where the University of Michigan is located. So that, that same city there, it was just a very centralized, located uh, place. That's where USA Hockey uh, chose to put the program there. And in all of America, it was actually here right now or down the road for me. So that was very cool. I lived in Ann Arbor for two years. And, and then I went to Michigan State, uh, re- recruited there and went to Michigan State and played hockey there for four years fought and argued with a lot of professors there. When are we going to learn about money? You know, why are you telling one side of the story? You know, all these, all these things that. Oh, you will never learn about money. (laughs) Never, never. Before you, before you, before you run out of things to to tell us, uh, I'm going to bring Lauren in because she's got, she's always going to ask the first question. Oh, I love that. uh, I I, I feel your energy and I know this is going to be an amazing rip. So (laughs) let's, let's go, Lauren. What, what, what do you have? If you can choose one other sport than hockey, what would it be? 
that's a really good question. And I really never get asked that ever. So let's see. So it's kind of multifaceted in a way. Um, if so, we, we joke. And my my wife and plays softball or, or baseball, um, and she played in college at Michigan State as well. And that's how we met. And we always joke that that was a very arduous sport. A lot of time commitment. Hockey is the same way. You're in you're in ice rinks, cold. It's early in the morning. It's late at night. So we always joke. We want our kids to be in golf or tennis. And because we love those sports and we have a couple girls, so we would like them to, you know, something they can do forever for a long time, easier on their body, things like that, because our bodies are pretty beat up. So we always joke about that. And I actually love those sports. I, I, I love, ba- honestly, though, baseball is probably one of my other favorite sports. So it's, it's a thinking, a thinking man's game. And um, I, I love, love baseball, love football, uh, but I just wouldn't play it. My head already got beat up too much in hockey. So I just, I, I cringe up when I, people watch, uh, you know, I know you guys, we call, you know, football, it's, you know, it's really soccer, but we call football here, American football. And, uh, but I would, something like that. Rugby, rugby would be amazing though, too. Rugby. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but it's, it's kind of a multifaceted answer. And I've, I've never had that question really before it, Lauren. So thank you for asking it, but it's, uh, they, the kids, I, we want them into kind of into one thing. And then for me, you know, maybe like rugby, I, I love baseball, very opposite kind of ends of the spectrum, but rugby is something like that, where the guys, the. I mean, I, I love watching uh, rugby because it's so uh, technically sound. You know, the guys aren't wearing helmets. You know, the, the, the men and women playing, they're, they're hitting and they're, they're tackling and they don't need to wear helmets because they're so good at what they do. Um, it's just fascinating to watch um, and just the teamwork that goes into it. So that's an awesome question. Really, really thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Do you have any f- follow-up? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, like, any, like, how do I say this? When you play hockey, have you had like any like really bad injuries? Like yeah, injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that, <laughs> yes. Yes. So my my teeth down here a little a little bit jagged, a little bit messed up. I've had a puck right before I retired. Actually, I had a puck come up and come up like come up my stick and it hit me right in the teeth and knocked all these teeth backwards, and so they're all like flat like backwards. And I thought I lost all of them. And so I had blood was like pouring out of my mouth, but not to get too graphic, but it was pouring out my mouth and I thought I lost them all. And they ended up, they were there. I found them and I just pulled them forward. And I actually had a, a mouth guard that that was fitted to my mouth previously, like within that past year. And it was a, a top and a bottom, which no one really ever wears a bottom. I think some American football players might, but uh, I just, I literally slept with that mouth guard in for like the next week and like reset my teeth. So they're like 90% back to where they were. And I haven't, that was 10, 11 years ago. So I haven't had problems since then. Never went to the dentist, typical hockey player fashion of doing stupid things. But uh, I had a team doctor and a team trainer there and they looked at it and they're like, you know, okay, just we'll monitor it day to day. And I just literally never went, nothing ever happened. I can't, I don't know exactly why to be honest, but it just ended up being like fine. Um, So that was a bad one. And then I actually, right before when I was on the U S national team, I got her, we were actually, so when we were in college, under 18 team, you're a bunch of seniors in high school, you're 17 years old, you play colleges. So you play college players that are 18 to 25 years old. So we would go around the country playing all the college teams that are older than us. And we were playing the University of Michigan. So right in the backyard there, right in our backyard. And I actually got tripped going into the boards, going back to get a puck. And I ripped apart my groins basically both on both sides. And that was right. My, that was my NHL draft year, actually. So going into college the next year and then going to the NHL draft. 
So that ended up really uh, hampering my career. I was, I was kind of useless uh, to a degree for the next two years after that. I couldn't, I had to get surgery a year and a half later. Couldn't, no one could figure out what was wrong. Ended up having to get surgery, fix everything. I still have some problems to this day. My hips are kind of messed up from that still. So that was, those are some of my you know, biggest ones. And then just concussions. I had a, a few concussions the last couple of years I was playing. And, um, and that was ultimately what kind of led me to stop playing just because it was, I wanted to have children. I wanted to have little ones running around like, like you and, uh, and, and, um, and just be able to walk when I'm 40 and hopefully walk when I'm 40 and, uh, and have my mind. And because I just, I knew I had a lot to do later in life, quite honestly. So I retired when I was 20, about 24 years old and it was just time to move on. And, um, I was very close. I played in the, in AAA, which is right under the NHL, the, the American hockey league. So I just, instead of sticking it out and trying to achieve the, the dream I had when I was a child, my dreams had changed actually. And I just, it took me years to actually realize it. When I reflected back on what was going on, I realized that it wasn't my dream anymore playing professional, uh, you know, or, you know, I was playing professional, I guess, but playing in the national hockey league wasn't my goal anymore. And it just took me a long time to realize that quite honestly. And um, that's what led me to ultimately all those things together, doing a lot of praying, doing a lot of thinking. It was just, you know what I have to, it's time to move on. So um, thank you. Thank you for those questions. That was no problem. Thank you for answering. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you, Lauren. Anyways, yeah, maybe that's easier. Yep. Yeah. You, you want to say good night? Yep. Thank you. Yes. Good night. Get some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well, my kids. Retiring from, yeah, professional sport yeah. at the age of twenty-four. That that's a big, that's a big call, brother. Like, uh, what was going through your mind? Because that's, I'm sure there was a huge amount of that good old sunk cost fallacy facing you square down the barrel and friends and family um your your own mind telling you you've achieved all of this you're on the edge you're on the precipice of making the big time making the big bucks or you know what how did you how did you face that down how did you make that that decision yeah, it, it's great, great, great question. Honestly, I, I did a lot of praying and in truly it was years in the making. So it actually wasn't as hard as, as you think, right. As I would even think, or looking back. And it was I, quite honestly, like I, I just wasn't having fun uh, for years, probably like when I, when I played, when I was in high school and really around the time when I was probably got hurt on in my senior year of high school, I was you know, almost 18 or about 18 years old. I, I, I kind of just lost some of that lure for the game. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where it was years of just, just realizing, you know what, the, the goals in subconsciously, it wasn't a conscious thing. It was subconsciously where my, my goals started changing. Um, and, and I, my goal was to play for the U S national team. It was never to really make the NHL. I realized I, I thought I had hey, just playing in the national hockey league would be something I did. I was you know blessed to be a very good player growing up, uh, you know, every year of my life. And, it just was like something that was kind of like, Oh, just, that's just going to happen. And I'd work my butt off, work my butt off. And then I started getting hurt and it was like, you know what? Um, in the way I need to play. And then, then the game started changing actually as well. So that on top of that, 2004, 2005, there was a lockout of the hockey season of the national hockey league. And they implement a lot of different rules, a lot of rule changes. And my style of play was fitted for more of the nineties, uh, just an older style hockey, a more physical style of hockey. And the game is very different now. I mean, it's almost night and day uh, how different the, the National Hockey League compared to 20 years ago. So um, 
you know, it's, it's one of those things for, so if it took me a number of years to kind of realize it, that I just wasn't the person or the player that I was supposed to be and wasn't being the person, wasn't being the teammate that I should have been. It was kind of putting on a facade quite honestly. And, um, and just, I don't want to say a shell of my, myself, but I just wasn't near the person or plugged in like as I should have been and, and was uh, earlier in life. So it just took me a while. Then as I started getting hurt and then my, when my head started getting hurt, you could take, you know, as you know, I mean, you can take a lot of beatings on your body, but once, once this starts getting hurt and you realize, Oh boy, like you can't, it's hard to fix that. And, and that's when it was really like, okay. And, and then, so now coming back to, ironically, coming back to the story of kind of my upbringing where the election, my senior of high school, 2010 happens and this all is all going on. It's like, wow, there's games being played and we're all being played. And then 2012, I, I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, Americans get it now. Like we now pass these laws where we're, this is socialized medicine. Like this is exactly the, this is the antithesis of the constitution, the bill of rights. So like, you know, cool. We're going to go back. We, this is easy slam dunk. This guy will be gone. We'll get a new person in here. We'll go back towards, you know, freedom and, you know, limited government, you know, which is very naive, a 22 year old. And so it's around this whole time where I'm starting to get hurt and things like that. And then just doing a lot of thinking and watching this happen, watching the election play out that president uh, gets reelected. So I remember for 24 hours, just being in disbelief, like, wow, I, this isn't the country that I grew up in. This isn't the country that I thought it was and it wasn't, and it isn't. And, and at the same time I'm getting hurt. So I'm just doing a lot of thinking. And it was really that, that year is when I retired 2012. So that election happened, I retired and it was like, wow, I have to go a different direction because there's no one come to save me. I don't, I need this. I need my head, the six inches between my ears for the rest of my life. And there's no one that's gonna be able to fix that. So I have to kind of cut my losses and I, I want to do a lot of stuff. I knew I was called to do other things, which was always educating people and, and talking to people. I would debate people all the time. I'd talk to people on the hockey teams and growing up and, 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 and other adults when I was a kid, I'd be talking politics and talking about limited government and things like that. And I, I love teaching. Didn't want to be a teacher ever uh, in the formal sense, but I knew that was my, my passion, my calling from an early age. And so it just kind of coincided all those things where it was like the light bulb, that election happening, seeing the country just going in a different direction in really a lot of society, just globally going in a different direction and not understanding the path we were going down. Because it wasn't an American thing. It's not it's it's a global this global problem of, you know, really, I guess, Marxism, if you want to call it that some type of like you know fascist, you know, Marxist, you know, whatever it is, Fabian society. I don't know exactly. It's very hard to like label these things, but this globalist movement of hey, we're going to own your life and you're going to own nothing and be happy as it's now become very cliche, obviously, over the last couple of years. But um, this has been a very real thing. Agenda 21 was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that you and the United Nations talked about all these things. That's what I was studying back then. So you could see all this happening. You could see people are freaking out here about student loans being canceled. It's like, guys, they were 10 years ago, I knew that that was going to happen. That was very obvious to see if you were paying attention at all. But again, showing how little people pay attention. So that was really this, that 2012 was re retired from hockey. It was time to start focusing on myself and stop worrying about politics and trying to change other people. And because uh, that's the only thing we can do at the end of the day, obviously, as, as you know, it's we can make you make our own decisions and think about our own actions. And we can't be worrying about everyone else's actions. That's why I was doing too much. I, I was kind of doing it in hockey in a way. I was doing it in politics. It was just kind of like my lifestyle in a way, where it was always like, what are you people doing? What are you people doing? And that's just not the way to live. So anyway. That was that was that next inflection point. I went off into personal development at that point, you know, starting some you know businesses and ventures, things like that at 22 to 24 years old there. I took a year off basically 22 to 23 and was thinking, or excuse me, 24 to 25. 
and because I was playing the minors for that that couple of years, and then twenty four to twenty five took a year off, and then started, you know, just really into personal development, and then real estate. I always loved real estate. Uh, ironically, Donald Trump's book and Robert Kiyosaki's book, "Why We Want You to Be Rich," was a, the the book that really changed my life uh, at that time. It was probably like two thousand eleven. So it's all around this time period. I happened to pick it up one day at the at the grocery store. I'm like walking around. I end up in the book bin of all places in the grocery store. And it's like on sale for three bucks or something like that, or three, you know, something, something like that. And so I, I buy it and it changes my life. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Your money, you know, leveraging money, your money can make money for you and your assets pay for your liabilities and all these concepts of, you know, rich dad, poor dad, and all these, you know, personal development books and coming together and Donald Trump kind of giving his take on things. And you're, I was just like, wow. And I only picked up because I knew Donald Trump and I, I knew him a fair amount, had no idea who Robert Kiyosaki was. And then after that, it just went me down a path for years of studying, then then getting into gold and silver. So for the next five, six years, studying sound money, because it was history. And I love history. I love politics. I love history. So it was a very easy transition. I'm like reading Creature from Jekyll Island. I'm reading all, you know, about the Federal Reserve and all the central banks. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is what I've been looking for. Like all these things, how come we weren't taught these in school? So then I was really angry about it. I was like, how, this is exactly the stuff I was fighting about and or fighting people about. No one said anything. No one knew anything. So I guess they couldn't really give you an answer and the professors and teachers and everyone. So that was, you know, for years, really the last seven, eight years of doing that, just building our real estate business, helping people buy and sell homes and then investing in real estate. And we have, you know, some rental properties and now we're transitioning into uh, multifamily properties, so apartment complexes and self-storage and, and things like that um, as we go forward here. But now, now, you know, so trying to think, so then we, we get in that phase and then, you know, Bitcoin, I think the first time I ever heard about Bitcoin was 2016. Someone, I was doing Facebook lives and doing, you know, I just, I would just go on Facebook live and write about the things I, or um, I would just do Facebook lives on the things I was studying and learning. So all these different concepts, you know, and the rich dad, the you know quadrants and all these different things, what are real interest rates? And I would just go on Facebook live. I just hit record or hit live. And I just go and bat on the chart on the whiteboard and just doodling. And then, so that someone came to me and said, Hey, you know, have you heard of Bitcoin? And, you know, what do you think about that? And I really didn't know much, probably 2015 or 2016. And I was just like, ah, I really don't know much about it. I kind of, you know, just didn't really look into it. You know, the, everyone's got their story of like, oh, I heard about it and whatever, you know, and then they, you know, two <laughs> years later or three, whatever it is. Right. And so it was a couple of years later, I think it was 2018 or 2017. Obviously, I saw the run up and I, and I was like, oh, okay, wow, like Bitcoin, wow, that's very cool. And like it was ran all the way up. I'm like, you know, just sat by the sidelines. So I'm like, I'm going to watch what happens. Then 2018, the bear market is when I was like, okay, cool. Like now I'm jumping into this. This is, and that's when I, but I, even then I didn't start really studying it like I should have. I was still deep into real estate, just running our business day to day and kind of operating that and started investing in, in, in putting money into Bitcoin, you know, less than I wish I would have put in as we, as we know, but uh, getting in there, getting a good chunk of cash in there. And then 2019 to 20, really probably the lockdowns is when I really started looking into Bitcoin because I think I had some altcoins. Again, this, the, Every story is very similar. Obviously, I had, had some altcoins, had some whatever, and I was kind of like, okay, just hedging my position. I was like, I don't know enough to be, you know, too dangerous. So I was kind of putting some some cash into some different things. The most was in Bitcoin because it just, yeah, I just I don't remember exactly, but I knew that I'd seen some extra things about Bitcoin. So twenty twenty rolls around. Twenty actually, sorry, it was twenty nineteen. It was when the there was kind of liquidity, the lockups here, the repo banks here in America were starting to seize up a little bit. And then, you know, the, the pandemic started six months later, which, you know, it will, that's a whole different story to get down. Right. So that's, that was that time period where it's like, wow, you're, you're stuck at home immediately in March, April of 2020. And I don't know what the catalyst was necessarily, but it started, I think it was honestly finding, um, 
you know, some of Max and Stacy's stuff, stuff like that. It was a handful of people where I found their stuff. I had known Max and Stacy studying Mike Baloney and Gold and Silver for years. I had known him them for years. I just hadn't studied them like I should. I wasn't paying attention. I was just kind of off my own space, like we all are, living our life. And then it was soon as I got into a couple of people and really gave it that that time of honestly an hour or two. It took me only a couple of hours because of my background in politics, central banks, learning about this whole thing of sound money and all that. Soon as I really got into Bitcoin for a couple hours, it was like, oh my goodness, like this is this is it. This is life changing. So um, anyway, which leads us to, to to today, you know, doing blogs now and just it was a frustration of you know we you know having just needing that outlet of like wow, I'm learning all these things. I was doing Facebook Live before, but something where it was more concrete. And I had a blog that I had done started 10, 11 years ago. It was a little more po- politically driven stuff like that, but it was still about the Bill of Rights and Constitution always is the frame of everything. And and so now in just in the last year, starting up, you know, our YouTube channel and and really making a, a commitment to that and our, and our Substack stuff like that, where I had done it throughout the last 10 years, just kind of off and on, but it just got get so bogged down as kids or, or bi- the business and things like that. And I just finally in this past year, I was like, you know what, Brandon, like, this is what you know you've need, needed to do for your entire life. Why do you keep running away from it? It was always like that thing that was like, well, I always have that thing. I can always go back to that, and which is great. But at the same time, that's not how life works. When people need to hear things now, like the things that we talk about, they need to hear them now. So I was like, okay, it's time to do this. And it's time to be serious about this and do this day in and day out. While you're running your real estate operations and doing that, you need to carve out that couple hours a day to be doing this and putting out content and, and helping spread the word of freedom really at the end of the day. So um, that's that's kind of, that's my long story uh, of just kind of going through hockey and then getting into and leaving it. Like you said, and you're, you're, the question of how was that difficult to, to do? It was a, a years long thing where the, the decision kind of became easy. And then all these things I was preparing for years and years to do what I'm doing now, which at the time, you know, a lot of those things you don't know. And you look back and like, wow, all those things I did prepared myself for what we're doing now and what we're going to be doing the next five, 10 years. I can't imagine what we'll be doing the next five or 10 years. I, I do know to a degree just be setting goals. But um, part of that is I joke a lot of real estate people now. I'm like, I'm, I might sell all my real estate, my physical real estate and buy Bitcoin. And right. still, I mean, most, <laughs> yeah, most, most people now still look at you cross-eyed. They're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> what well, when you when you obviously you were so primed to to find it when when you look back um uh without doxing yourself how old are you now you're not 24 anymore you're, you're... no yeah i'm 35 okay so if you look back all the way back to when you're like uh 10 years old in that period of time what has been the biggest lie that you look back on now and think, how the fuck did we ever believe that? Oh boy. Um, how long do we have? Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's work through them. Don't hold back. <laughs> go to, I mean, the, the one that comes right to mind immediately is go to school. Um, to me, I, you're on the right you know, podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that to me is just, it's one of the biggest, you know, it's, and it's, it's good for some people and, and doing that formal teaching is great, you know, for some people, but for a lot of people it's not. And just sticking everyone into one box and just thinking like, oh, that's a way. I mean, and again, if you read, which I'm sure you have, and 
some of your viewers may, may, may have, but you look at like in America, at least how that system came apart and every, every region kind of comes at it differently. But a hundred years ago is, is the beginning of the 1900s here was the general education board and the robber barons. They didn't want competition. So they were like, Hey, we need workers in our businesses. And they molded the school system into this, this conveyor belt of just workers, worker bees. And we're board, still living in that system. Ford, Carnegie, Morgan, yes. Rockefeller. Yes. Yep. Yep. And John so Taylor read, Ghetto, you know, John Taylor Ghetto has exposed all of this. Yes. It's there. It's the, it's it's there for us to read. Yes. And so that to me is school because and it's not that school is bad inherently. It's not that there's many of the teachers are that bad. There's there's evil people in all places of, of life. So it's not that it's any different, but it's it's what it the evilness in it is is one that comes kind of driven from the top down of politics. That's a, a lot of what it is. It's cultural first, and then politics is a derivative of culture. And then that's driven driven into the school system now, which is crazy. A lot of people don't, they just mindlessly go about and just like, well, this is what we're teaching the kids. That's what they told us to do. I mean, that like the lack of thinking is mind blowing. And, and I'm just very big in the personal development side, whether it's Bob Proctor, or Earl Nightingale and Napoleon Hill and, and all these people. And then you can get into obviously some of the older, like the Voltaire and philosophy and things like that. So I love that stuff. And when you get into it, you realize most people just don't think. And that's the problem. Like we're God's highest form of creation. We have all the higher faculties, perception, will, reason, memory. Um, and we have the six different higher faculties, but most people do none of that. And Henry Ford talked about that even, you know, and some of those guys did a lot of bad things. Some of them did a lot of good things. Um, so the school system was one of those things where, you know, maybe it wasn't malicious at the time. They just were like, hey, I, we, I, we just want workers for our business. I don't want competition. I mean, smart businessman move, I guess. But um, that has these lasting ramifications that 50 years ago, we should have changed that. You know, that was fine for a few decades, maybe. But why do we not change that in the fifties or when, when everyone came back from world war two, why didn't we change that? You know? So anyway, that, that was, that's one of the biggest lies I think is it just keeps people from not thinking and boy, it's it, this fight we're in now wouldn't even be here. If, if people are just thinking for the last 50, 70 years, say since world war two. And we're like, you know what, we're, we're going a different direction and, uh, and being more independent, more resilient people. And I think that's everyone just grabbing for government. Now that's one of those things that the school systems have created that have just churned out people that are dependent on government, dependent on someone else telling them what to do. Uh, and on and on, you can obviously unroll that and kind of unravel that whole thing forever. But that is one of the, one of the big lies. I think we're told the money, obviously the money is a lie, right? <laughs> like the dollar, which is a world reserve. So that's what we'll use that as the example. That's debt. The dollar is debt, meaning all the other currencies are debt. So that in and of itself, why would you hold dollars? That makes zero sense. You're holding debt. So, which leads into Bitcoin, obviously. So you find all these things, you're like, wow, this is a complete scam. It's complete. Central banking is a complete lie, complete scam. Uh, that's, you know, maybe, maybe it meant well, possibly. We'll, we'll, we'll give, even give the benefit of the doubt, whether it's the Rothschilds or whoever it was, JP Morgan here in America saying, oh, here, give us a loan, or we'll give you a loan to bail you out and help you out government. And then it turns into this, well, now you owe me. Well, now the whole government owes you. You know, the whole, everyone working for the government, paying the taxes now owes JP Morgan Chase, or they owe um, you know, the Rothschilds, because now that we work for the central bankers, and I think, you know, you kind of go down this line of, of thinking and, and going down the rabbit hole. It's not that hard to see, but most mm -hmm. people, because they haven't even lifted up the first layer of the onion, they, they just can't see it. So, you, you know, you and I say something to them and they're just completely cross-eyed. They're just like, what? You know, like, well, when is man you on, you know, like when, you know, <laughs> when does the game on, you know, like what they're just in the Coliseum, you know, like they're still Bread in the Coliseum and fighting it out with each other. Eggs, bread and circus. Yes. That, that, which, exactly. do, you, do you look at hockey that way now? 
Like, uh, uh, I do. I, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, my whole childhood was hockey. I, it's all I did was hockey. It's my, it was my job. I'm working out, doing drills, doing coach, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like I just started watching hockey again a little bit. It, it, I took like a 10 year break. I didn't, I didn't watch sports really. I'll have, well, I'll put, we don't even have cable. We don't have TV. My wife and I, we, we don't have it in our house. And, uh, for a year we, we haven't, we never had cable. We never had like, a, um, we had internet, but we, you know, we just get the internet hookup, but we didn't have like a TV with like a TV package where you could watch, you know, to have sports on. We didn't have mm-hmm. it. We haven't had that in eight for the whole time we've been married for eight years. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, we, we just haven't had that. So that's something we, you know, I, anyway, going back to, we were living with my parents for a little bit because we had a tree. I mentioned that in the beginning, we had a tree come through our kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was long story but we were living with my parents for a while living at my in-laws for a while and so that was we had we were in front of the tv a little more so that was something where i was like this just this year i'd watch hockey a little bit more watching sports a little more and it was just very weird um because yes like i i look at it like that where it's just kind of like uh, i think brian tracy would call it the radio or turning on music or the radio just like chewing gum for the ears it was just mm-hmm. like that mindless mental activity it was, a, it was a drug i remember doing like 10 years ago i remember doing the calculation if I sat in front of the TV for three hours a day, which is a normal game, we'll say, uh, you know, more, uh, something, you know, a sporting event, three hours a day. And if you live for 70 more years, three hours a day was like 13 years of your life when oh. it added up. And that, that, like literally that day, I was like, done. Now, now I'll never have cable again or whatever it is. I'll never have a TV package. I was like, can you imagine having 13 years? I mean, it's not, and that's not just, that's not even including, that's straight 13 years, not like 13 years where like I got to go to sleep and things like that. 13 straight years of knowledge you could have in your head or whatever it is, you know, productive time. You're, you know, so that was like, I'm done. Like I'm now for me, it's YouTube. It's watching documentaries. It's watching, you know, things on Bitcoin, watching things on the central banking. So that's what I fill my three hours a day or whatever it is, four or five hours a day that I'm studying is all things I want to watch. Not just mindlessly. I found myself 10 years ago. It was just mindlessly like sitting on the couch and just sitting back. And it was just like, whatever's on TV. It was just like, wow, I'm like, I feel like I'm on drugs. I haven't yep. done drugs in my life, but I, I feel like this is what it would be. And I'm just like melted into the couch and my mind is just like locked in. Like, oh, I guess what's on next. It was just like a robot. Yep. And I was doing that calculation. I was like, I'm done. And you got like so, 50 channels over there, right? So it's like, oh, oh what's gosh. this for a minute? No, this isn't. Why? why uh, then you get the FOMO. What am I missing on that? No, nothing. Net. And exactly. then you're just like, you're just scrolling through the damn thing. Yes. And you're like, why? oh, I've, I've sat here for an hour. I've watched nothing. And yep. It's just comatose. Yes. Just yes. nonsense. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's literally a drug and going back to other things that are lies. I mean, I, mm-hmm. my, my brother-in-law and I argue about the food pyramid. So he's, he's like, yeah, the food pyramid's a lie. It's just government created. That's, you know, it's the sugar industry, you know, like all these things. So it's, it's, it's funny because you go into these things of like, you know, whether it's commercial, um, actual commercials and this corporations with their commercials and sucking people in, and it could be social media, bringing in Daniel Kahneman to talk to them about, you know, per, uh, human behavior and how to suck people in with the like button and all these things now where we see now looking back, like, wow, how many things were lies, whether it was school, the money we used, um, you know, like, Oh, we, we vote for, buy. one of my favorite lines is, um, I forget who says it. There's someone that says it a lot in the Bitcoin community, but it's, you know, if you had a uh, vote, I can't think of it now, but it's, if you had a vote, your vote wouldn't count, um, you know, and it's just understanding the way the like, life works. And it's like, again, we've seen this in election, election after election, whether it's in the Middle East or if it's here in America. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've seen this many times. We, we, and we say it on both sides of the aisle. I mean, Donald Trump, 
who knows what happened that election. You, he's way in the lead one night and then everyone wakes up the next day and he, all of a sudden there's votes dumped in the middle of the night. No one knows what's going on. No one gives answers, which that's fine. I don't care who wins or loses, really. It's just, can we get an answer? Can we just do things the right way? And what's again, the Bitcoin truth? fixes this. Yeah, what's the what's truth? The I, don't, truth? I can deal. Exactly. Yeah. I'm an adult. I'm a man. Like, we can deal with the truth, but we just give us the truth. And that's the problem, whether it's March 2020 when they're telling us, well, don't go buy masks. Well, no, no, buy them now. You know, like when you when you're not told the truth from Jump Street, well, how is in the world is anyone going to trust you ever? And it's constantly changing over and over again. We just saw in the past month, all these agencies come out and change all of their rules and regulations and guidelines again for the millionth time. Well, we got rid of them all. It was just, I mean, so it's like, you're just, it's just constant lie for lie for lie. And, and so that's, that to me is the thing where people just aren't using to coming back full circle. They're not using their mental faculties, will, perception, reasoning, intuition, memory. They're like, where's your memory at? You know, like where, you know, where's your intuition? Where, how are you not questioning these things? If people are blatantly lying to you, it's almost daily at this point. <clears throat> how are you not questioning everything? And that's one of my favorite Tom, Thomas Jefferson quotes is question everything with boldness for even the existence of God himself, or if there is a God, surely, I'm paraphrasing, surely he would respect that questioning rather than blindfolded fear, you know, meaning that, you know, like you, it's, you know, um, educate yourself, get in there, educate yourself, take the time to actually figure out what's going on. instead of just sticking, sticking your head in the sand. I'm surely God will appreciate that question. You know what? Maybe I don't think there's a God. I'm going to go research it. Though. I'm going to go figure it out. Well, I'm sure he's going to, if there is a God, I'm sure he'll respect that more than just like, well, I follow him just because, you know, <laughs> what, what, are we, what are we doing here? You know? So, oh boy. Anyway, that's frustrating. So Beyond where, frustrating. Where are you focusing your, your energy right now? Because fuck man, you got a lot of energy. Like this is uh we, we need you on our side. Like uh, yeah. th th thanks for joining the team and yeah. uh, stepping up. <laughs> Oh boy. I, the, the thing is, the, the reason I love Bitcoin too, is I, I do truly feel like, and I know many people in this community, I'm sure you feel this way is there will Bitcoin, do, you know, you don't change Bitcoin, Bitcoin changes you, right? Where it, this changed me because I was fighting similar battles, but on a different playing field you know, or in a different battlefield. And now mm -hmm. we're starting to gain people onto our battlefield on the same battlefield, the Bitcoin battlefield, which is going to level the playing field and make the playing field equal for everyone. We don't want equal outcomes. We want equal playing field. Like we, like we said, we want truth, reality. We can handle reality. We can handle a loss. We can handle this or that, but just give us that truth. And I think that's where there's so many people fighting these different battles on different battlefields. It's, it's a global war right now, obviously. It's literally a global war going on right now. There's proxy wars, there's real wars, there's mind wars going on. It's everywhere. And I think that more people that we can keep getting onto this battlefield uh, on the Bitcoin battlefield and that's, you know, it's, you, you know, you, you've talked about, it. I mean, it's everyone, Jeff Booth, everyone just, that fixes everything that just blows everything apart. And, and that's what starts equaling the, equaling everything out. You know, people talk about equal justice or equity and things like that. Well, that's Bitcoin. Bitcoin does all those things. You like climate change, you like social justice, you like equity, all these things. That's Bitcoin. That's, you know, you like, you know, the bill of rights or constitution, you like freedom and Liberty. Well, that's Bitcoin. You know, you want transparency. Um, you want privacy, you know, and there's ways to do it, obviously, and there's going to be more to do that on the, on the blockchain, Bitcoin. Um, well, that's Bitcoin, you know, so like there's all, everything that everyone wants and their little things, their little battlefields, they're all on that's Bitcoin. And that's why mm -hmm. I think all of us use that catch -all, all the time. If Bitcoin fixes this and it's, it's hard to quantify sometimes because it is so many things of, of leveling the playing field of society. But anyway, that's, it's, it's, I think it's getting everyone on this battlefield as much as possible. And, and to me, it's, it's resilience and independence. I think that's where 
my big thing for 10, 12 years, one of the other things when I stopped playing hockey, I could see the writing on the wall. It was a lot of study of history. It was a lot of really studying Germany in the 30s, in the 20s. It was studying um, many areas where you could see what was going to come. And I've had many people over the years say, "How? well, how do you know that was going to happen? It's like, you mean, read a, read a history book for 10 minutes, guys. I mean, that's where so many people are, aren't even doing the little, the, what's, the little thing that's required to just see like where we're going. And, the, and then the, we come in and we say something to someone that just completely obliterates their whole worldview because they've been told nothing in school. They've been told they can't even figure out what gender is what at school. Mm-hmm. So, well, of course, when you're, when you're not operating in, in uh, first principles, you're not operating on, with nature's law, you're going to have a really hard time in life. It's going to make it very hard on you. And I think that that we've just lost that common sense, that, that, uh, that structure to life. So anyway, long story long, it's, it's getting around the same battlefield. And, and that's, you know, my focus really is to your question is, is this, the sub stack we have in the YouTube channel, just educating, um, because I have another business right now. I mean, it's one of those things I've thought many times, like, you know, how, how do we change this into a complete Bitcoin business or real estate stuff? Do I sell all my real estate and get into, uh, just put it into Bitcoin, uh, do we, do we have to get rid of the, the real estate team? And I take my employees and the people in, my, in our company and we turn into a Bitcoin company. I mean, I've had all these thoughts of what to do and, and I don't have any of those answers. And so right now it's for me, my focus is for the time being is educating, talking my, my family makes fun of me. Unfortunately, they're all orange pill, <laughs> have Bitcoin it's in, in cold storage. I've helped them with all of that in the past couple of years. Um, they still don't, all of them don't fully, I think they, they're all orange filled, I'll say, but they're all like, they're not clearly to the point that I'm at, but it's, uh, they get it and they understand, they understand the importance of it. And that's why they have gone through, you know, some of the things to, to take the steps necessary to be independent. But to me, it's, they always, they always make fun of me. It's like, man, every conversation comes back to Bitcoin for you. And it's like, well, it's a lot better than fighting about politics, isn't it? Or arguing about (laughs) politics or some other BS. So anyway, my focus is that is, is the doing our day-to-day business, business of real estate, but also really it's building the, the two, three, four, five hours a day that I have that's aside from that, it's, it's focusing on educating as many people as possible and, and truly being my voice and how to communicate and what to do for years. As a hockey player, you don't have to do a lot of communicating as an athlete. Um, you just, that's probably one of the biggest things is I, people came to me for things and now I'm coming to people and, and fortunately business has helped me with that with selling or persuading and things like that. Uh, but people came to you for in, in athletics, you don't, you're just taken care of, you know? So now it's okay. How do I get in front of people and, and sell and, and tell the stories, I guess, at the end of the day, tell the stories that will persuade and show people uh, the way, I guess, really. So that's my focus right now is just educating as many people as possible and, and being another, like you said, like glad you're on our team. I think, again, the more we have people doing this, that's part of it. And I just try to encourage any people, hey, if you have any interest in talking about this stuff at all, share it, you know, put it out there because the more we need to overwhelm the system, the good people have to overwhelm the system. And it doesn't have to be that many. It's five, 10% of people. It's not that many people that actually have to overwhelm the system. So We'll, we'll get there. It's, you know, it'll be chaotic and tumultuous as we go forward here, but we'll, we will win at the end of the day. We know truth and reality wins always. The, the Bible tells us that. Um, and it, that just, it, we, we're playing from victory. It just, it has to play out, but we, we're going to go through some chaotic times. Unfortunately, that's how humans learn though, too, is through chaos. They learn through getting kicked in the ass as, as we all have. Some have to get kicked in the ass harder than others. Then they learn, then there's enlightenment, things like that. And then it's like, oh, okay, we shouldn't do that. I guess we should go the other way. It's just, I hope that for our sake, for our kids' sake, for our grandkids' sake, that it's not as tumultuous. And we can, we can tamp that down just a little bit and make that, a, you know, buffer a little bit and make it not as tumultuous and chaotic. So, Are you, are you able to get in front of um, hockey teams? Do you still have a, a pretty good network there and, uh, you know, help, help the young players out coming through that are just 
lost and have no freaking you know they've just got a lot of these guys long a lot of these young athletes have pinned so much hope as you know on making that even when you're so close it's still such a giant leap into that you know division one football to premiership football the same in in hockey the same in yes you, know, you choose your sport whatever it is uh and so many of them miss that and they feel as though they get wrecked and then they've got no safety net they've they've got no that they, they realize all of a sudden they have no real friends because everyone around them was exactly the same as them just trying to beat them to get to that position and they're probably estranged from their family because they've been doing it since they were 14 <laughs> and yes. they've got no real money because that was always the golden pot at the end of the rainbow and now that's been rug pulled these people they, they like i feel that uh, there's a there's a huge amount of work to be done there with young athletes um especially those who do make it as well because all of a sudden the big paydays start coming in and then all the sharks start swimming around them with um you know bad advice malinvestments uh scams pump and dump schemes lambos uh everything else you know so I, yes. I wonder if you do you still have a network that you, you might be able to get into that professional sports kind of ring, go and present uh, and do whatever. You know, I'm just throwing that out there, see what see what sticks. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's funny you say that I actually so one of the the guys that I played on the US national team with actually, he um went to one of the Ivy league schools and is really well connected in the, really the, the banking community, um, you know, mm -hmm. city group, um, you know, Goldman Sachs, you know, stuff like that. So he actually does, he did that for 10 years and now he's actually working and actually helping a lot of the, uh, athletes and NHL, uh, MLB pitchers, stuff like that. So he and I actually just met up, uh, almost uh, about three, four weeks ago. And, uh, and then we were zooming last week and we're going to jump on another zoom next week we've been talking a lot about this. So he's, he's in, uh, in California and he is, is uh, one of the few people that thinks like, like this, he's not maybe to this point in the, the Bitcoin side yet, but gets it very, very smart guy gets the Bitcoin and, and he's in thinks just like us, but we'll get there probably over the next six months, 12 months as he studied this more. And I'm, I keep talking to him about this because he's managing a lot of their other money and teaching them and doing this. And ironically, I actually, one of my goals, 10 years ago was to have a company where I helped athletes invest money, um, which you mm -hmm. know, before I knew Bitcoin and things like that. So it was ironically through real estate and, and, and knowing that what, what you just laid out so many athletes, I, th I think that like the NFL and the NBA here, and it might be other leagues too, but I know NFL and NBA, I think that it's like 80% of them are bankrupt or have financial problems within three to five years of being out of the league. Right. So I believe that's, yeah, that's, that's around, I think that's a stat. I don't quote me on that, but it's something very close to that. So for me, it was always, okay, how can we teach us, you know, financial literacy to people at the end of the day, at least financial literacy, something where we can understand what we're doing with our money. Cause the money is a lie itself. The, the, the dollar is debt. So it's understanding that paradigm. And then that will start people down this different road of, of taking care of themselves, not malinvestment, like you said, and, and that such thing. So I've actually been talking to him. Ironically, I told him that I was like, wow, man, like I actually had this, I've had this written down on notepads and different stuff over the years of having a company to help people invest. And if I can, you know, maybe it's not me directly with that company, but it's maybe he's the one doing it and I'm helping him do things like that. I'm consulting with him. We're talking about Bitcoin a lot. 
and, and just its use and what it can do for these guys in a hedge, but also just in general, what it's going to do for society. So, you know, he's starting to get it and he's a smart guy. I'm, I'm sure another couple of talks and he's really going to get it. Cause like I said, he already thinks like us. So it's, it's going to be some breakthroughs there and, and, you know, just more money coming into the space, obviously, but ultimately at the end of the day, providing these guys with a lifestyle, fortunately going forward where they're not, you know, downtrodden or whatever it is and having these massive problems. So yeah, that's, it's funny you say that. Cause that's, just just kind of started going down that road in the last month here. Get them across to uh, Pacific Bitcoin. That's coming up in uh, November. You know what? That's a great idea. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, actually. So, yeah, I'm going to write that down. That's a great yeah, idea. It's um, an unofficial shill for Swan Bitcoin. Uh, it's yeah. the, the big Swan. Um, it's the first conference they're ever putting together, and they've got a great bunch of people going. Uh, I mean, yeah, Sailor's going to be there. Uh, so, yeah, I saw that. Jeff's going to be yeah, there, they, um, uh, Pierre Rochard, uh, Corey and Jan, obviously the founders and the whole yes. Swan team who are the best. And, you know, Andy's uh, that side of the world as well. Um, yes. If, yeah. I'll Write down the code Prince because he'll get a, a discount if he uses that as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, yeah, perfect. Very important that we get these kind of people. Oh, to these kind of conferences because when they feel that energy and they're like, Oh, holy shit. Like these aren't crazy cultist freak shows. They're, they're, <laughs> what, what I'm listening to oh. mind blowing. Uh, you know, e even some of like, if you look back at, you know, there's a big thing in, um, in the Bitcoin space, kill your heroes. Uh, and I look mm -hmm. back now, and the four-hour work week changed my life uh, as a book mm. did for you. Mm. And I hold that book very, very dear to my heart. Uh, and I, I followed Tim in his other books, Tim Ferriss, and I followed his podcast. But in the end, I just had to remove him off that shelf uh, because Bitcoin does that for you, doesn't it? It, it sorts, your, sorts your heroes. And a lot of people in the space got butt hurt by uh taleb when they realized he was just oh a yeah freaking charlatan asshole yep uh who is it for you well it's so that's actually really funny you say that too because i was actually watching um max and stacy and i don't know it, oh, it was um i think nico had them on his simply simply bitcoin podcast and i think i tweeted at them like yesterday or t i don't know when it was this morning maybe and he was talking about how, again, Bitcoin, it kind of to your point, Bitcoin is that force multiplier, which makes you more of what you already are. And how Bitcoin, if you're not careful, if you see, you know, you see the black hole, like you're one of those first people or whatever, and you're seeing that the, the, the Bitcoin inner workings, it can literally blow your mind, literally and phys physically. So he was talking, I think they were talking about like Taleb and a couple of people there, they're, they've gone off the deep end because it's like, if you're not, if you can't handle it for some reason, or, you know, you just aren't that person inside yet. It can, it can really mess you up and uh, it's, it's done that. Um, so I'm trying to think for, for me, who it is. I mean, I, I will say it's funny and people aren't there yet. It's like Robert Kiyosaki has been a massive influence on my life. Just again, one of the first big books I picked up 10, 12 years ago, where it just was like, wow, how come no one told me this? Um, and just blew my mind that, you know, went, went through, read all his books. I probably listened to every podcast he's ever done everything. So it's, you know, it, it's ingrained, I've internalized him. Um, but even to see him, or there's some people out there now that 
um, you know, he, you know, he invests in Bitcoin, but he's, you know, still talking about Ethereum and it's just kind of like out there. And it's like, he is a massive freedom person, but even he still doesn't have it yet. He doesn't get it yet because he hasn't studied it enough yet. For apparently mm-hmm. or something, something going on there where it's this person I've looked up to for 10 or 12 years and, you know, studied everything I have. And it's like, how do I know more about you than this? Like, I, this is everything you're for. You're, you're a Marine. And he sits there and talks about, you know, uh, Joe Biden or whatever it is. He talks about like the rails against people who are against, are against freedom or whatever it is. And yet he still, he doesn't see it yet. Um, so it just shows you how, again, how early we are. But someone had the third day and thank you for reminding me about the Pacific Bitcoin conference for, for my, for my buddies. I'm definitely going to share that with them. And he, they, those guys had me on the Bitcoin cafe on Monday. And they had me on on that. And uh, so I got to talk for a little bit. It was awesome because I had never I'd actually not listened to the Bitcoin Cafe yet. I just hadn't I hadn't listened to podcasts in a long time. I've been watching tons of YouTube videos the last two years and really hadn't done uh, been on the actual like podcast app and just listening to the podcast part. So I hadn't been you know on their stuff or just some spaces here and there. So it was really fun being on there. Um, so they were talking about that, too. And I said, I'm glad you reminded me of that. But anyway, it was um you know, with, with him just seeing like how early we are, someone asked there on there, asked me like, Hey, it was something to the effect of like, do you think we're like, are you worried about is it being too early? Or like, do you think, you know, and I, I truly think we're, we're very early, but very close at the same time. Meaning it's that whole uh, analogy of, and I forget who said it, it was one of the authors back in the day who said, you know, how'd you go bankrupt? And it was gradually. And then suddenly, and I think right. that's where we're, where we're at with Bitcoin quite honestly. And it's, it's one of those things where I think we're going to wake up in the next year or two and just be like, wow, like what is going on? I mean, half the world is in Bitcoin or whatever it is. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's that it's the S curve, you know, where it's like you just get in that adoption phase where it's going to start really exponentially growing because people see it, you know, whether it's Ukraine people, you know, what they're doing with walking across to Poland or and they have their wealth in their head or, um, you know, the, the, the truckers in Canada or the, in the Dutch, you know, like you have all these examples where it's just the, the biggest billboards in the world for Bitcoin. Like, how can everyone in the world not see this? And be like, oh, yeah, I need that thing. Well, it's because not everyone knows it yet. Not everyone understands that. Even really, really smart people don't understand it totally yet. And there's still education to be done. But I do think it's going to get there very, very quickly in the next you know couple of years where it's we some people, oh, it's 30 years from now or 2040. It's not going to take that long because there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff that happens between now and the next couple of years, probably. And it's going to be mass adoption. It's going to be a lot of adoption in the coming years. And, um, but again, to your point, I'd say Kiyosaki, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Kiyosaki is probably one of those people where, um, I'm, I'm trying to think like even, uh, even Raul Paul, for example, like he, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd followed him for years. Um, you know, he's, you know, just, you know, he's a hedge fund guy, you know, he's out there just kind of showing a bunch of different stuff and stuff like that. So the last couple of years have been eye opening for me in that regard. Um, cause I, you know, he'd, you know, for years, it was like, you know, before I was really on the Bitcoin train years ago, it was like, oh yeah, this guy's smart. You know, he's doing whatever, but it, not to say he's not a smart guy, but um, you know, just again, you seeing people and you kind of see who they are, especially if they know what the thing is and they are against it or there's something like that. You do really start questioning people. Um, you're like, wow. Um, you know, like whether it's Taleb or things like that, when I've even heard Corey talk about him, you know, Swan Bitcoin is after that. Right. So you have this, you know, kill your hero thing, right. We're like the company's literally after him yeah. basically. And just like the, the black Swan and stuff like that. And, you know, he's out there just like, yeah, I mean, you just talked like a week or two ago and it's just like, what are you going to do? You know? So um, it's, it's morals over, you know, no, no one's above the team, I guess, right. At the end of the day, like if you're playing sports um, you know, no, there's no president, no person, no player, no one, no one's above the team. And I think that's where companies get in trouble uh, or societies get in trouble. Uh, countries get in trouble because they put someone on this pedestal 
and that person, like whatever they say, that's the rule. And that's kind of what that's a, that's a monarch or a dictator or whatever it is. Well, well, whatever he said goes. And it's like, no, there's that's Bitcoin is fixes that, right? It's it rules without rulers. And that's why we had this the opposite way for forever. It's rulers without rules. And uh, no one's above that. No one's above the team. And, you know, with the Constitution, the Bill of Rights started down that road or, the, you know, Magna Carta, even we have these documents, these, these certain things, these certain inflection points of decentralization. And now it just keeps getting ripped away from the elites. And uh, it's getting there. And, and I think in our lifetimes, we're, we're going to see this where it really becomes decentralized and nation states tearing apart because probably a lot of it because of Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and your point to the um, this S-curve style adoption, what I love about that is like uh, what, with the halving, what Bitcoin does, it's, it, it starts a whole new S-curve every four years. There's a new S-curve like in the within the so same true. asset we're, we're almost redefining an asset it's almost a new asset class each four years because of this uh that this halving and so many people are missing that because they just and it's not their fault because bitcoin no. is so freaking difficult to understand but at the same time totally intuitive there's the paradox of bitcoin it's yes like, yeah, always always like, hang yes. on you're turning my head upside down right now but that's just intuition at the same time yes. and you have all of these epiphanies and you can't it doesn't stop you know yeah. we've been falling down this rabbit hole together for you know a certain amount of years uh, and so for those people that came in in 2020 or even um you know at the high uh, and the thing I hope they're still putting in the work. You know, th these are the these are the diamond hands that are being forged, as we say in the uh, in the space. And goodness knows the content they'll come out with in the next cycle. Yes, yeah, it it really is amazing, and that's I you know what like, there's someone that I follow here. Um, I can't remember now who it was, but they just say you know times like this are great because they smoke people out, right? They they show they forge the real people. You see who's you know, really believe in something or really gets it. And that's why, you know, bear markets like like this or in any bear market are, are really w wonderful things. And all the things you think about that are being uh, minted right now or created right now in the Bitcoin space because of this time period where people get flushed out, there's not all this noise, people aren't distracted and there are people just building right now. And it's like, it, it's funny because it's sometimes, you know, you and I come on here, we talk about stuff and hopefully provide that air cover, the education um, that lets the people down on the foundation level uh, work on things um, and build stuff, you know, whether it's fediment or, you know, whatever is going on that they're being built on layer two, layer three, things like that. Um, because and sometimes I feel like, man, what am I doing? I'm not doing enough. You know, like how, how do I push it forward? And it's like the only thing you know to do is, you know, doing what we're doing right now is just is putting the word out there and spreading that. And like I said, hopefully giving that air cover. And so, though, you know, taking the flack, hopefully in a way, so the, the guys down here, the guys and gals can build. Um, and cause that's, that S curve is coming and that truly is a paradox of, of Bitcoin. Like you said, it just, it makes you think of go down the rabbit hole and think of a million different things every day. It's seeming like you, you'd have like 10 more revelations here. You, you think about these analogies and it's like, where's this coming from? And it really is as where I think Max and Stacey, I was saying earlier, it may, he's saying it's a force multiplier. It makes you more of what you already are. So if you're a bad person, it's going to expose you as a bad person, which is money. It's kind of what money does. And mm -hmm. that's what Bitcoin is. It's, it's money. It's the ultimate money we've ever had. And it just makes people more of what they are. If you're an asshole, like it's going to make you more of an asshole. If you're a good person, it'll make you an even better person or, you know, more of a good person. So um, it is that paradox, but it's, it's those S curves keep coming every four years, like you said, and it's going to keep 
uh, just unraveling the system. And I think that really at the end of the day, one of my big things too is preparing people physically. Um, so getting getting in shape, fortunately my background of being in shape and just, I've always been super disciplined uh, with my eating, my working out, uh, everything. And just in that regard, my, my one weakness is sleep. Um, I, Ted, Ted Nugent is a singer here, you know, Hunter, big, you know, Liberty uh, freedom guy here, hated by, uh, you know, the people that don't want freedom or want to tell you what to do with your life, I guess. And uh, he always says, you can sleep when you're dead. And that's, I've always kind of lived my life like that in a way. It's gotten me in trouble many times. Yep. Um, so that's my that's my one weakness, unfortunately. But uh, for me, it's it's preparing people physically, uh, preparing people mentally, preparing myself mentally for what's coming. I do think there's going to be some really crazy stuff that happens this decade, because um, the the global the globalists, you know, again, we have to give uh, Klaus a, a shout out. Obviously, and I don't think I can go a a, a podcast or something like that without mentioning uh, Klaus, you know, Doctor Evil and Bigglesworth. And, um, yeah. and you know, what they have planned for us is, is being exposed. I think that they are the drowning man in the water, you know, the, the, the Christine Lagarde's, the, um, you know, these people that are trying to take you, all of your freedoms away all across the world, whether it's the IMF or, you know, you name it, of alphabet soup of agencies, they are drowning and they know that, and they are going to do more and more and more insane things. That is a given. And it's going to get crazy. It's going to get really crazy, I think. And, but what comes out of that we survive that and what comes out of it is massive abundance obviously it's that then it's that x s curve that explosion of bitcoin adoption and that abundance quite honestly uh, obviously you know jeff booth does a great job explaining kind of like the future you know what can be what will be when we get through that but it's it's up to us and just keep educating people and getting people through this and like i said physically i'm trying to prepare a lot of people just mentally um it, literally just getting like getting food storage um we, obviously we, there's a lot of crazy things going on obviously you know in your region, you know, that neck of the woods, it's, there's a lot of crazy stories coming out about energy prices, uh, yep. foods, uh, there's bare shells here in America. I mean, there's, there's a lot of crazy things going on. It's supposed you got to be prepared. You have to make it through to the other side. And I think that's the big thing. We all, a lot of us can get caught up and I do it too, where it's, you know, we get caught up talking about Bitcoin or we get ta- caught up talking about whatever. And um, price is the least interesting thing in Bitcoin, as you know, and it's, Hey, what are we going to do to make it to the other side? So we can see this, this next, you know, generation of what's going to happen in the building, the growth that will happen because of that. So it, it's getting uh, extra water and food storage and preparing uh, and just being ready for the the craziness that I think is going to happen. So we, we've seen it in the 20th century. We've seen it with Mao. We saw it with Lenin and Stalin. We saw these things and we, this, this is the same kind of stuff playing out. And this is why people are like, Oh, how do you see this coming? It, I'm not a genius. I'm, I'm just a hockey player. Like I'm not, I just study history. Like this is not hard. It's the same patterns repeating over and over again. I'm not a genius. I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't go to Yale. I just study a lot of history. It's like a lot of monetary history because I love doing it. So it makes it easy for me, but it's, it's just pattern. That's all life is. And Jim Rogers, the two things, you know, the, the one lesson from history, as he says, is, is that people don't learn from history. So that's the number one lesson mm-hmm. of history is that people don't learn from history. Right. And if you want to be a great investor, you want to be great just you know i guess citizen you have to learn uh philosophy and history you know so you know probably you can throw some human psychology in there too but psychology and philosophy and then history you have to learn those things otherwise you are and life's gonna be very difficult for you (laughs) like you said they they're they're not gonna teach you that at school they'll teach you the history they're more than happy to teach you and that's about it that's Uh, it and if you don't know the answers to that you'll be shamed uh, if you know, right. like uh, <laughs> I had to take my daughter today to her homeschool control um, and sat in front of the history teacher and 
my daughter can talk a lot about history, uh, my 15 year old, because she loves it and she studies it. And uh, first, okay, um, what were the what were the dates of the First World War? I'm like, are we really doing rote date memory? Like still, like, you know, we sat like you are reaffirming the whole reason she is not in this institution. (laughs) What's the date of the Second World War? And then so she 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 just rattles them off. That's fine. So, yeah, okay, but what were the what were the months and the days? I'm like, you guys no are sick way. in the fucking head. You guys wow. are sick in the fucking wow. head if you're doing this to kids. Wow. Because this is just wow. ridiculous. That... So there you go. There you go. Another that that's just a little touch point, another princey state education rant. And uh <laughs> keep your kids well away from that. Yes. Uh, but it is. I'm going to round this off now, man, because we've uh, we've just touched on the hour. Um, if you had one last orange pill to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? Man, I, I mean, the person, the people that come to mind are to be able to have some of the most influence in the world. I guess I don't know if that means I don't know if that means a central banker. Or if it means a, a like a pop star, honestly, it'd be one of those people. I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure. I don't know if it would be like a Jerome Powell or a Christine Lagarde or Klaus Schwab, or if it would be like a LeBron James, or um, you know, or a Ronaldo, you know, or something like that. Someone that has um, or uh, Ariana Grande. People, I'm trying to think of people that have you know hundreds of millions of followers, and if they were talking like we were talking. Uh, I don't know that would be more beneficial if you had LeBron James or Ariana Grande or Ronaldo with hundreds of millions of followers. And they were talking about this and just obsessed with it daily with that's more impactful. Or if it's like I said, central bank, central banks control the world. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to it, just something with the most impact. I think that's the way I, I would go with it is probably the way I would go at that. <laughs> that question That's a great question though. Yeah. Well, there's no wrong answer that that's the beauty of that question. All right. Well, before we close this down, let's make sure people can come and find you and um, reach out to you if there's any way that you might be able to help them or if there's any way they might be able to help you. You know, the plebs love connecting and building stuff together. So what's the best way to find you, your work, and connect? Best way to find me is on Twitter. It's Brandon underscore Gentili. And then, you know, we have our sub stacks right on there on my profile. And um, that's just Brandon Gentili. It's, you know, Substack, And then our YouTube channel, which we actually, our YouTube channel right now, I'm going to grow it over time. But it's right now, it's just me. I should go through and read the blog. So that way you can do it on audio. So like you can hear and listen to it and stuff like that. Just kind of speed it up if you want to. I go and more rants. I try to keep the the blogs like three to five minutes, three to six minutes. But then the the rants on the YouTube part, when I read through it, I usually go 10 to 20 minutes. So um, that's right in each blog. I put the YouTube you know audio or video link in there. So um, Brandon Tilly on Twitter and YouTube. And I think that's the easiest way. All right. I appreciate, really appreciate you having me on here, Daniel. Really no, appreciate it. No problem at all. Your 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 Twitter handle will be the first um, word in the in the title of the show, so people will be able to find you. Absolutely no problem. And thanks for stepping up, man. Like I said, we need uh, as many people fighting this as we can and uh, carrying this message forward. And I think we got a, an MVP right here. So thank you uh, for what you're doing. No, thanks. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, like you said, we need we need every person we can get in this fight on this battlefield. That's for sure. So appreciate it. And um, and yeah, thanks for having me on. And at some point, we'll start to uh, love to start doing some of my uh, my YouTube channel as well. And have to have you on 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 ours. 
So anytime, anytime, awesome. brother. Take care. Thanks, brother. Yeah, you too. Well, guys, feeling a little bullish after that. Here's Brandon that came out of nowhere, started writing content, and I love speaking to people that are kind of don't take this the wrong way, Brandon. New to the space because listen to the energy behind him. Listen to what he can bring to this space and as many new people that are following him down the rabbit hole we need that energy and i love it and it it reminds me of my early days when i just couldn't stop rabbiting about it and i just needed that outlet to talk to somebody and this is what this podcast provides and i know others in the space john big shout out to you as well because He was a big inspiration for bringing on the kind of unseen side of Bitcoin Twitter or those people that haven't even made it onto the socials. And there are more of those people out there that I've been meeting in real life. That's what's really exciting. When you go to these conferences and you meet that guy that has been in Bitcoin since 2011, 12 or 13, and you know he has because you can just tell and he's not even on any social platform. Or I had Ricky Spanish on the other day. Not ever been on any social platform. Doesn't know who half the people are in the space. But he's out there doing his thing in his way to add value to the Bitcoin ecosystem and to orange pill as many people as possible. Be bullish, plebs. Be very, very bullish. There's way more going on out there than we could ever ever imagine so don't doom scroll don't get caught up in the pessimism don't get caught watching the price connect network build with people because we need you we need all of you anyway with that said please read out uh, reach out to brandon and read his work as well and give him the round of applause and the tweets and the dms that he's so desperately seeking he he's looking to build uh, a little community of his own here and, and bring more people into bitcoin in his own unique way before we sign out make sure you are checking out the show sponsors links are in the show notes you guys know all of this now long-standing supporters of the show swan bitcoin relay.ch and coincorner.com. Thank you guys. Really appreciate what you've built, what you're doing, the education you provide. Shift Crypto have you covered. Stack your sats very safely, guys. Please, that is so damn important. Get to a conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime by Free Cities Foundation. The Amsterdam conference put on by uh, BTC Magazine, guys. And Pacific Bitcoin being hosted by Swan. Links in the show notes. Get yourselves a book from Consensus Network and a t-shirt from Ungovernable Misfits. Thank you for listening, guys. Catch you on the next show.